January 31st, 2010. It's a Watt from Pedro's show. Carol Chan, 
also their hippie trash music, you know. I told you, go back to the country, let's get mellow, let's smoke some weed, you know. I'll go up in the country and we'll just ignore everything, you know. We'll be mellow, we won't care, man. We won't care about anything. We won't care, man. We'll be real lizards, man. We'll be real, real lizards, man. We'll fuck, we won't care. We'll get high and we won't care. So what? So what? So, when people like us get a hold of technology, man, we're gonna put them all in camps, man. We're gonna kill them all, man. We're gonna kill everybody with a Carol King album. I know there's eight million people in fucking America that bought the tapestry album. We're gonna kill them all, man. And everybody that wants to go save a tree, you can all get fucked too, man. Because we don't give a shit about trees, man. Don't think you're too good at the trees to make an apple pie out of it, man.
From Pedro Show, uh, Sunday, last day of the first month of 2010, Brother Matt. Hello, good How morning. How you doing? Excellent. Uh, we got some people here, Brother Twan. Hey, now. You here to see folks? Yeah, just Which got is... back in town from uh, visiting my sister in Arizona. Yeah. Remember the plan you had to be in Costa Rica for 10 years? Has that changed? No, it's well, maybe still, you're it's back. Still, it's still bouncing around all right, in my all right. brain. Because mm-hmm. I remember last time you were on, you were going to... Uh, you did. You did go, right? Yeah, you came back. Yeah, I went for three months. Okay. Yeah, nice. God, that was three months. Wow. Yeah, that was great. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We started off the show with uh, John Coltrane doing It's Easy to Remember, and then our guest today, uh, the Don Waller, uh, right after John Coltrane, we had uh, your band imperial dogs well first you rapping because the string was broke yep and then doing this ain't the summer of love followed by the blue oyster cult version of this ain't the summer of love uh tell us about that rap well what happened was paul broke a string paul terrio the lead guitar player um and um i'm filling time while he's changing his string because it's not where you have like racks of guitars or anything like that so the audience is like a a bleep in oil painting. It's like Mount Rushmore out there. There's 250 people there. Um, and we um, we charge everybody a dollar to unless get you in. Clean, unless you uh, consider bleep a customer. Okay. We say fuck shit. Okay. Dick, pussy. Um, anyway. Turd. 
So <laughs> the audience is like, is like a fucking oil painting. <laughs> and there's 250 people there that night. We charge them all a dollar to get in. We know because we got the door, you know, and we want everybody to come there. We, we put out like thousands, 2,000 Now, this is lives. a Starwood, right? No, no. It, this, is oh. a, this is at Cal State Long Beach in the multi-purpose room oh. on the campus. And, and is here, it at nighttime? Yeah. Okay. You know, it's the day before Halloween, October 30th, 1974. Yeah. You know, how we got the gig. Fast Freddy from North Torrance. and he's 11th grader. He, um... Yeah, he's living in Brooklyn now. Yeah, he's living in Brooklyn nowadays. Yeah. And, um, he knew this girl named Linda Pascal that he went to high school with. They both went to Bishop Montgomery down in South Catholic Torrance. Catholic school. Catholic school. Co-ed Catholic school. Mm-hmm. So, they're from our neighborhood in North Torrance, but we don't know them growing up because we don't go to school with them. Yeah. Right? right. Me... The, oh, Paul, so you're a Torrance dude. Yeah, I'm a North Torrance yeah. guy, North Torrance Saxons. So is Paul Terrio, the guitar player, and so is Tim Hilger, the bass player. Mm-hmm. Um, we had other people in the band and stuff like that, but we needed a drummer because our original drummer wanted to play like Grand Funk Railroad stuff, and we go, forget it. We all met in high school band. Paul played sa- alto sax, I played trumpet, Timmy played trumpet. And so we put up ads... Walk, walk, walk. Paul's on guitar. Paul, Paul switched to guitar. Timmy somehow got to be the bass player, and I did. Yeah, I, vo- I volunteered. You know, to most jump. people say be, was put on bass. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be the bass player. I like that. I don't know how that happened, but, but no, but I liked your words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, a whole different mindset. And I volunteered to jump around and do the shouty bits. So we, we put up this ad, and this kid answers it, and... Um, Where'd you put the ads? Like Wallach's Music City and places ah. like that, you know. Um, and he calls us, and it's Bill Willett, and he's from Carson, you know. Um, he went to play drums and zippers later. Right, right. right. He, and um, he just passed Carson away. on the other side of the uh, Harbor Freeway. He just passed away. He, just, he passed away on November 23rd, oh, 19... Man. Uh, excuse me, 2009. Right after we got the DVD out, wow. you know. Uh, he wasn't that old. No, he was only 55. Yeah. You know, he's only 20 on the DVD. Okay. You uh-huh. know, Paul's Paul's 21, uh, and me and Tim are 23 at the time. Yeah. So So he comes in on drums, yeah, and he, then he Paul got, breaks the string at the gig. Paul breaks the string at the gig, and so Linda got us the gig, because uh, she was in the honors program at Long, Cal State Long Beach, and... It was going to be part of her thesis on death themes and rock and roll. I couldn't believe they let you do this shit back then, but that's what they did. Yeah. And um, she got us... Oh, they have punk stuff now. No, yeah, you know well, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I know she, people she, who teach punk in college. Yeah. Um, Michael Fourier, who did the Double Nichols books, seminars and uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, so she got the thing filmed, and they filmed it on these giant cameras that were reel-to-reel, half-inch reel. It was before Betamax. Right. And they had to have every light in the room on. Yeah. And we didn't know this. So we show up and... To White the, light, set, not color. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Believe it's, it's, it's bright as noon. Right. You know, yeah. right there. For that soap opera look. Yeah. Oh, it's... <laughs> right. And, and so... You know what I'm saying? Oh, there's, yeah. there's a certain kind it's of just flat, horrible, yeah. washed out lighting. Yeah. Oh, it's, and it's hot as hell. Uh, yeah, right? exactly. Because <laughs> and and we're up there in leather and furs and all this yeah. stuff, and, and we're jumping around. And, yeah. and, and what, what you don't see behind from. the camera is that one whole wall is plate glass. Right. So, <laughs> I got to hand it to the engineers that made these cameras, because what the, the sound on the DVD is what comes from the mic on the camera. 
it is recording straight from what you hear in the room. Right. Now we didn't have a soundboard or anything. We had we just set up on stage. We had our one of our buddies, Tom Gardner, go out stand in the middle of the room and say, "Okay, balance it." Right. And that's how we did it. So we go. Then they tell us, Tom we can't, Gardner. Yeah, he, he was in back door. He was in Ann Arbor. No, he was. He, no, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he. he, he you know, he's a backdoor man guy, and and, and he he's, came to Ronnie's thing. Yeah, well, yeah. He, the, he was tight well, with Whitman. Ron. You yeah. know, and he's from the he's from West Torrance. And he's got a younger brother who plays drums. No, uh, no, who lives in Pedro? He's in a, a, a. He came to the one of the Herald's gig. He's a union man. I think off uh, city clerks. Ted Gardner. No, 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 they're not related. No. No, no. You sure? Yeah, yeah. I've known Tom since. And you don't have a brother. He he doesn't have he he has brothers, but not that that's not his brother. You sure? Um, yeah. This guy's from the old days of uh, SST Pump. I no, hadn't seen him for years. Not, I don't. I, don't I think I, so. Okay, maybe you know, but I, I think so. Maybe he's a drummer. I didn't mean that. He's a, he he he's a great cat. I hadn't seen him for years, and he came to Harold's, and now he's a union man. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, go on. So, so we, we they tell us. The lights got to stay on for the filming. Okay. What's the film? Why does yeah. it have to be filmed for the thesis? That was part of her thing, you know, part of her thesis. Oh, was it? You know, oh, okay. the, you know the filming, the thing, the document. She's going to present a thing. Yeah, you know, and um, so the the great thing is, is that at the end of the day, we charge everybody a buck to get in. We put out 2,000 flyers for every high school in 20 miles, every record store around the place, you know. Yeah. And, um, but the room is huge, and, you know, it looks like there's hardly anybody there, even though there's 250 people. And 90% of them we don't know. We, did, we, you, did you use, I remember record stores, Sepulveda and Hawthorne was warehouse? Yeah. Right? Yeah. In those days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did, you know. So we did, and also a lot of, uh, in those days, stereo stores. Yeah. Pacific Stereo, Cal yeah. Stereo. Federated. Federated. All these, and they were all around that area too. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you we, don't see any of that shit anymore. Well, we used to live in Hermosa at one point, and we lived, you know, and so we. Hermosa we, had something on PCH. A good record store. There was three. There was Rubicon on Pier. Rubicon. There, there was there was, there was uh, one on PCH though. Yeah, but there was also down closer to where you know, like the Pier. Uh, there was uh, the Record Hall. Record Hall. And there was a, there was a place in Manhattan, right? Um, God, I can't remember the name I of didn't it. Know Manhattan, so I didn't even know Hermosa and Tarts or no. know that well. No, but we, 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 you know, so we did all this work, and, and it's okay. funny the Hollywood people say, "Oh, you the beach towns, all you guys, you're all this." Yeah, same. yeah, they yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> In fact, night. there was a name for those people in Pedro called Dappies. Okay. Yeah, in the old days. Uh, like, I guess, Dapper or something. Like, they had money and we, we were like Econo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, no, no, and no doubt. No they doubt. hung out on the Strand, yeah. right? There was a yeah. sidewalk thing on the beach yeah. and they put their surfboards. I remember yeah. Pedro guys like, man, fuck them shit. Dappies. Yeah. I hate, I hate <laughs> but we went to Hollywood, these gigs, and. Oh, you guys are all the same. You know, you're all yeah. cousins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything south of, uh, uh, I don't know, well, Melrose? <laughs> so, cousins, we're not kissing cousins. Well, you know, um, people say, like, the south, you know, Tim Stiegel did this piece on us for the new issue of Ugly Things. There's like a 12,000-word story on the Imperial Dogs mm-hmm. in the new issue of Ugly Things. Yeah. And um, 
he says, he's, Tim's from Texas, of course, and he goes, you South Bay people, you're like tribal. And I said, well, you've you got to understand that back in the day, you hardly met anybody that shared the same taste in music and books and films. And when you did, you just became really quick friends. And I said, Tim, these relationships go back 30 years yeah. or more. You know what I mean? Mm. You know, you can understand why we're going, who the fuck are you? Yeah. You know, you you call up Paul Terrio, he's living in Encinitas now, and say, I want to talk about the Imperial Dogs. He's going to go hang up on you. Oh. You know, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know, Don, it, Don says it's okay to talk to you because you're a cool person. Yeah, I'll give you 30 minutes. Uh-huh. You know? Was there provincialism between Dono and Hermosa and Manhattan? You know, maybe, but you know you the, the the people that were were cool were cool regardless of where. Oh they yeah, came well that that's you what know? happened when I went to gigs. They were from all parts of SoCal, and mm-hmm. everybody kind of wanted to forget where they were from. Well, like like Mary Fleener, Paul's wife, is a semi-famous comic artist, you know, yeah. and uh, gra- and graphic artist and and gallery artist and stuff. She's from Rolling Hills. Uh, Helen and Trudy are from, from Rolling Hills. Yeah, that's you know? right. Uh, and we met them, you know, later when we had the Backdoor Man fanzine, you know, which Freddie's from North Torrance. Bob Myers was also a staff member. He was North Torrance. The Underwoods. Yeah, the, but I think by then it wasn't where you're from, it's where you're at. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, Square Johnville. Was there Oh, yeah, probably, years? probably, you know, everybody, you know, the beach people were, you know, get you, you know, locals think, only and all I that I think shit. Artesia was the line between Manhattan and Hermosa. Yeah. And then the one between Dondo was maybe, I don't know. Because there's a little part that's like, Torrance uh, Beach down there by that's where right, that's Torrance right, hits, yeah. you know, and Avenue stuff. Avenue I. Yeah, you know. Around and, there. And, so and I'm wondering El, if it was like that. El Porto's called North Manhattan now. They yeah, yeah, it was used to be El Porto, name, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, but the, but the whole thing, so... We should get back to the gig. Yeah, back to the gig. So <laughs> we go out there and, you know, we just go out there and we go, fuck it, man, and we just drop hammer, you know. We yeah. just blast away. And the audience is standing there... Like nothing, and I guess they're kind of intimidated by the lighting. In all fairness, but also they've never seen anything like this. We're not playing songs they know. We're not playing songs on the radio. Mm. You know, we're right. We're doing our own stuff, and we're doing stuff like covers of the Kinks till the end of the day. The Velvet Underground. I'm waiting for the man. Mott the Hoople's Rock and Roll Queen. You know, but the rest of it's all our stuff, and we're up there. We're just driving it, and you know, we hit the end, and it's like. Silence, you know, bomb goes off. You know, fuck you, man. Bam, bam, you know. Oh, you mean uh, this song's like the encore? No, no. So this is in the set? It's in the middle of the set. We're going to do the ballad. And so Paul breaks a string, and I just start improvising. I go, well, we're going to flash you back to the... You know, Avalon Ballrooms, you know, Summer of Love, where all the hippies used to go. You remember hippies used to read about them in Life magazine. Well, you used to read about them. They should have died out or moved over or something, but they didn't. Now, so we got all this music on the radio, like John Denver and Carol King tells you, go up the country, get your head together, don't care about anything, you know. 74 was the year of California Jam. I went to that, and I took the bus for two bucks to Ontario. Yeah. Was that that racetrack? Yeah. And the band that got the most encores was Seals and Croft. They were doing some song about uh, calling for pigs. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was like, suey, suey. You know, they were playing the fiddle, and just more and more. I mean, this had uh, Black Oak, Arkansas. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and and Black Sabbath. And... Uh uh, but here, the, the big encore band was Seals and Crawl. 
Yeah, it was dire. It was dire, you know. And so I just go into this fucking rant about how we're going to take everybody. There's 8 million people in America that bought the Carol King Tapestry album. We're going to put them all in camps, man. And we're going to kill them all, you know. You know? And I just keep spieling, you know. Because, um, you know, and I'm He's saying. slow string changer. And, and I'm going, <laughs> well, Paul's tuning, you know. And, and, and uh, you can hear him, you know. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm going, and another thing, we don't give a fucking shit about trees, man. The only thing you can do good you can do with a tree is chop it down and make an amp out of it, you know. <laughs> And, you know, so, you know, I'm just full on... Provocative. I'm just full on (laughs) raging, you know, just trying to... And people are like, well, I go, all right, you hippie trash, you fucking scum. This ain't the summer of love. And then then we hit the tune. And then, um, uh, this is in October of 1974. After this, we play Rodney's English Disco twice. The first time, Iggy Pop comes out to see us. We've got pictures of that. It's in the the DVD booklet, which we were just jazzed at. Iggy came to see us. Yeah. And then... um, That's where his infamous... uh where he cut himself. The drama and Ronnie in the Nazi shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That all happened there. He asked Ronnie to whip him in this Nazi shirt. Yeah, so Ronnie's whipping on him. And Nick's telling him, you got to do it harder. And Ronnie said, I couldn't do it harder. So Ronnie's buddy grabbed the whip, and I'll do it, and laid into him. And it goes out into the street and shit. And Ronnie said, and Nick left somehow, stumbled off, and he didn't see him again for a long time. That was yeah. a trippy thing. Were yeah. you at that thing? No, I, oh. I didn't see that. You know about this? Though? I know about it. Yeah, it was legendary. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, and there's pictures even, you know, of of it I've seen. But uh, you know, so we played there twice, and then we played um, a hall party down at Dominguez Hall when we were second building. Dominguez Hills. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, you know. Uh, no, it was not. It was, At that time, it was a community. College. It was not. You know, it was it was Dominguez Hall. You know, over in Carson or something. It was just oh, on Dominguez. It? You know, it was just a hall party we played, and the, we were what second. Do you mean a hall. It was just like a reunion hall or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Ukrainian. You know, people would people would say like, "We're going to have a wedding party. We're going to have Joe and Mary Blow are going to get married." Yeah. And then they would book a gig. You know, we're going to band. Out. You know, like that. And that's how they would get mm-hmm. it in there. And then you know, all these kids would show up. I just remember a lot of fights that night and stuff. It was gnarly. We were we were playing opening act for a band called World War Three. Not any of the World War Threes <laughs> you ever heard of. These guys were just a bunch of Deep Purple wannabes. <laughs> you know, and you know, and then. Um, the band breaks up. You know, we've been together for three years under different names. You know, the core band, but the same four guys. And, uh, you know, just frustration. We, it was just so hard to get gigs. We played Gazaris before we did this DVD thing in March of 74. We played there for free because these promoters... First you have to try out, right? It, first, this promoter said, well... We're gonna throw this big party, and we're looking for a band, and maybe we'll give you guys a gig. You play this gig for free. We, we go fuck it. We don't care. Oh, man. you didn't play for the old man. No, no. We go okay. fuck it. We don't care. The you know. I mean, we want a gig. You know. What yeah, I mean? remember him, the Godfather. <laughs> yeah. Only foxy guys on my <laughs> asshole. You know. I mean, <laughs> he'd make y'all sit, everyone sit up. They move the PA and they ch- tr- try you out. But this was an outside promoter. Right, right. So we get in there, we play, and of course, half the crowd is our friends, and half the crowd is these squares. You know, and. We play, and I, I do this slide down the mic stand, and I'm wearing a pair of jeans, and I rip the fucking crotch out, and I'm not wearing any underwear, and my dick starts hanging out, and I can feel it, you know, chafing against the the, the tear, you know, and stuff. And I'm going, oh fuck, I'm tucking my dick in, you know, I'm trying to sing. Liberation movement. And people are freaking, you know, and stuff. And Oli Gazari, his sister, freaks the fuck out. 
and starts screaming, animals, animals, we've never had such animals at Gazzari's. And she makes me get off the stage, everybody get off the stage, and so I go backstage and I go, I need some underwear. So I go to the chicks, I go, anybody got any underwear? And about five chicks hand me different pairs of underwear. Which, yeah, which I really felt like a rock star of that one yeah, moment yeah. in my life, if you know what I mean. That's the only time, it's the closest I've ever come to it. Fishnets. You know, so I grab this pair of hot pink ones, I throw them on, keep the rip in the jeans, go back out there, we finish the set, they tell us you're banned for life. You guys are never playing here again. So we can't play there. The whiskey is closed down to some coca, you know, some theatrical bullshit. You can't play the Starwood unless you're a cover band. There's nowhere to play. There's, you know, there's nothing but hall parties. We can't play bars. We're not playing top 40. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, and so we were just happy to do this gig. So, um, so anyway, we, you know, we, we do this ain't the summer love. The band breaks up and, um, we'd met Kim Fowley because hanging around Rodney's. And he met Murray Krugman, who was the co-manager and co-producer of the Blue Oyster, called at some party. And, and uh, Kim calls me up to his apartment and uh, says... Uh, Kim Fowley's a tall Kim, man. Kim, Kim Fowley and Murray Krugman are there, and they say, well, what do you got? I, I play him the tape that we had. We had a tape of our, our last one of our last rehearsal practice sessions. And it was like... Uh, you know, just us playing live in our garage. That we soundproofed ourselves with uh, uh, insulation and carpet yeah. remnants that we liberated in the name of the people from a dumpster, and uh, that kind of thing. And 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 we played in there. And some some buddy friend of a friend brought over the first stereo cassette recorder we'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. So we hung two microphones from the ceiling, like it was you know like field recording, and we had our own PA and stuff, and we just. What you hear is what went down. Yeah. So I played that for them, and I, they had a lyrics, and, and Krugman liked the song, and he takes the song with him. He was him. an A&R man, too, for Columbia. Yeah, at one point. So he takes the song with him, and so a couple months later, he calls Fowler and says, we're going to do the tune, and but you know we're just keeping this little piece of it. We're keeping the title and the hook, This Ain't the Garden of Eden, This Ain't the Summer of Love. And for that, we're going to give you 12.5%. So Tim... Kim takes the publishing for hooking up the deal, and I get the 12.5% of the writers. Mm-hmm. Murray wrote the lyrics and gave, gave his new lyrics, with plus my hook, to Albert Bouchard, the drummer, who writes yeah. the music. From Blois to Cook. Right? Now, yeah. so then, I'm thrilled, you know. I mean, they cut it. It's on Agents of Fortune. The record goes platinum, thanks to Don't Fear the Reaper. It's in their set. It's, it's been on a bunch of greatest hits packages. Since then, it's been covered by the Nomads under the name of Screaming Disbusters, which is a BOC song. Right. Yeah, Seven Screaming Disbusters. Yeah, Seven yeah. Screaming Disbusters. And um, the, so the Nomads out of Sweden do it. Uh, the UVs out of um, Australia do it on an Australian bucket full of brains, uh, on a bucket full of brains flexi disc. L7 does it for the I Know What You Did Last Summer movie. It's on the soundtrack to that. It's not in the movie, but it's on the soundtrack thing. So L7 does it. Uh, Lizzie Borden, the metal band out of L.A., does it. Um, does it. Does the 12% still apply? Mm-hmm. Nice. And, but, I've, but the only money I've ever seen is the money from the BOC version. Uh-huh. You know, uh, who else cut this thing recently? Current 93, this weird British band did a version. And then Green River, when they do Swallow My Pride the second time, in 89, at the end of it... Mark, River, the one with Mark Arm? Mark Arm and, and Steve Turner from, from Mud Honey and, and, and Jeff Arm and, and, and Stone from, from and Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam and that one other guy, the drummer, I think, you know, um, 
were Green River, and, and they did the song Swallow My Pride, which the Fastbacks did and Soundgarden did, and then they did it a second time, and the second time they do it at the end of the Swallow My Pride, Mark Arm goes into, this ain't the summer of love, you know, and it re- kind of repeats, and so it's all kind of cool. I'm really happy about this, mm-hmm. you know, I got no beef. I get my checks, mm-hmm. you know, I got no fucking beef with anybody about it. I'm thrilled. The BLC, we were big fans of. We saw him play the Hollywood Palladium. We saw him play Long Beach Arena, Long Beach Auditorium, uh, the Santa Monica Civic, you know, we were big fans of the band. And some of the music that we do on the DVD it, you know, you could tell that there's a lot of BOC influence in it, you know. Um, and the other thing that was a big influence on us was, of course, Iggy and the Stooges, because we saw those shows at the Whiskey. I saw nine of those shows with the Raw Power Band, you know, which was just... Yeah, and it just, that just changed our whole way of thinking, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Ronnie was on bass. Ronnie, yeah, and uh, matter Bob of fact, Stephon piano first, and then, and then Scotty Thurston, Scott you know, and you know the the thing about that is my brother, my little brother, is five years younger than me. Jim went to the whiskey one night with a little tape recorder, a, a cassette recorder, and he's sitting up in the balcony where there used to have benches up there. You know what I mean? And he taped yeah, the, the whiskey show of the Stooges. Well, it was like right field. Yeah, we're looking at yeah, it. yeah, and um, my brother taped it. And I gave that tape to Greg Shaw. I traded him for some MC5 live tapes. Greg Shaw booted that thing. Of course. And Many. and it's and it, that thing has been booted. That all those whiskey shows come from my brother's original cassette, which I still have. Right. You know. Does it sound just as bad? Well, it's what it is. You know, it's it, 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 an exact replica of what you heard in the room. You know. It, Dude, it, I've had to learn songs off that. Yeah, you know. It, <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> Heavy liquid and yeah, and uh, uh, open up and bleed and cock in my pocket and um, uh, head on. Sick of you, head on. You know those, those four ride. songs are on my brother's tape, as is Search and Destroy. What about the she creatures? I saw them do that, but they didn't do it that night. But, but Greg's booted that. That must be yeah, from another. Yeah, I, I don't know where he got that, but that she creatures of the Hollywood Hills was a great song, you know, and um. um and also, if you see the Dolls movie that Bob Groin did, you know, the All Dolled Up movie, sure. the documentary, you can see... That's got some of that kind of video. You can see... That flat... You can see Paul, Terrio, and myself, and, and Tom Gardner, and a bunch of other people from the from the Backdoor Man crew standing on the street at the Whiskey waiting to get in. I'm wearing a white suit with a bowler hat, like Alex and Clockwork Orange, and um, and Paul throws a cigarette butt into the... Into the um, uh, gutter. Obviously, we, we we froze the thing down to freeze frame to see that because we go. Wait, we were there. We were standing out on the street to see the dolls. You know, then you know. So obviously, we were way into the dolls too. You know, and you know, um, you know that, that that's um, the kind of thing. Now, the best thing about the, the 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 show at Cal State Long Beach, where the DVD comes from, is that Linda, the girl who got us the gig and got it filmed had the brains to buy the tape from the school for $16, which is more than it cost to park there for an entire semester back then. She bought the tape. She gave it to me. We rented one of these huge machines the size of a small refrigerator and played the tape, and we just hated it. All we we can hear is the clams, the non-audience reaction. I mean, I'm... 
up there in leather pants and it's so hot and the leather trousers are stretching that they're slipping down my ass and my pubes are exposed and I'm keeping trying to pull them That's up. That's like but, an Iggy thing. Yeah, well, I didn't mean it. Pants cost? I didn't mean to be. Oh, they were a hundred bucks. Yeah, they're a lot of, in those days. That's yeah, a lot, lot of money. You know, money. I remember Levi's in those days were twelve bucks. Yeah, exactly. You know, Converse, um, Converse was four bucks. Yeah, you know, I mean, so we're doing all this stuff, and and like, it's really annoying because I, you know, it's distracting, it's annoying, and I can't do all the moves I want to do, and um, <laughs> you know, and and and, and it, you know, so we just hate the tape. And I throw it in my drawer for 35 years. Yeah. Now, what happens in the interim? After the BOC cuts the tune, we have the Backdoor Man fanzine we started right about the time the band breaks up. Just right one issue before the band breaks up. You know what I mean? Me and Fast Freddy and all these people. I read Backdoor Man. Right. Stories like on the doors. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and the BOC and Patti yeah, Smith and, right. and, and, and the new... I right, her gig at uh, Sweetwater. Oh yeah, Sweetwater. Wow. Yeah. By the Fleetwood. Yeah, that, that was that, that was our third anniversary party. We charged everybody three dollars to get in. It was Patty Smith and Lenny Kay. Don, Don, can I stop you? Uh, I got some music from Taiwan. I'm on play. Go ahead. So before the first hour runs out, but we'll get right back. This is very uh, important stuff you're talking about. So ah, you know, it's we're, we're old homies, man. I'm a 
来黑夜卖惊啊，甲伊拼。若是常常不出声，去学当作古仔囝。甲咱上好一面，等下好，全世界看只要讲出我是台湾人，是无人唔捌。卖讲嘛，甲你清楚人，无唔对自己过命，人知影真无才干，卖过命，叫做台湾人。真济爸爸头壳一空，真真彩彩，好人西人，卖讲。台湾人，台湾人是台湾的土生土长，个台湾的下家人，唔好唔知自己是四台湾米，个喊嘛个离不了喊个做卖怪个字，讲卖阿里阿杂嘞 A B C D E， 自己一个爸无办法，讲台湾事就得卖茶，伊就得卖天，不过伊总得卖主讲耶，也是老祖先，三马大片讲战讲天，连讲又根本你会台湾，但有台湾的份，台湾事。唔惊战，唔惊战，唔惊死，唔惊卖冲天炮，唔惊卖共产共下，内向前走路唔会乌是啥？台湾有两千，有三百人满沙，咸嘛改唔好，自己咸唔起。卖讲嘛改，你真出头，唔好唔对自己过命，人知影真无才干，卖过命就做台湾人。真济爸爸头壳一空，真真彩彩好人西人，卖讲。
lot from Pedro show. Uh, there's some stuff from Taiwan. Uh, Mongol Breaks by uh, Iron Ska. Uh, your name is Taiwan from Ko Chow Ching. Uh, we Don't Even Shake Hands by 8mm Sky. Uh, the Doom of Giant Kingdom by Mu Child. And NNA by Hakate. Which just shows you... Uh, doesn't matter where you're at if you're going to play uh, death metal you're going to have that cookie monster cat singing for you even in uh, Taiwanese China we'll have some music from China later too uh, Brother Don you know we're coming up on the end of the first hour uh, so we'll get more to that three year party in Redondo Beach uh, no actually it was Torrance, wasn't it? No. Is it Dondo? I, I think it's Redondo. Or is it Hermosa? No, it's Redondo. Anyway, hold. Uh, it's the first hour of January 31st, 2010. Watt Pedro show. Hold tight for hour two. Um, <laughs> let's dream by committee. <laughs> uh, January 31st, 2010. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Yeah, 已经幻灭的一
Ah, ah, practicing.
lot from Pedro's show. We'll start off the second hour with stuff from China. Uh, PK-14 with Naga Bangwa. Uh, Here Comes Your Woman by Torture and Nurse. Uh, Shengi's Aria by Shengi. And Relax is Just Sex by Orgasm Denial and Pills by Xiao Wang. <laughs> now, uh, to pick up... <laughs> okay, where were music's all over now. Okay, uh, even though that's cradle civilization, they had tunes going a long time ago. But we, uh, we're here. In, uh, okay, we're, we're talking about thing. we're talking about the three year party, the three year anniversary back, uh, of Backdoor Man, Man. Put on what year? Um, it would be seventy eight. Seventy eight at the uh, at the Fleetwood in in Redondo Beach. We charge everybody three dollars to get in, mm-hmm. and the bill was Patty Smith and Lenny Kay, mm-hmm. who did it for free because they were the inspiration for the magazine and pals of us and they're cool people and uh, the zippers were one of the the acts and also the pop which was all the zippers and the pop and the imperial dogs all had singles out on the backdoor man indie record label which was a spin-off of the magazine and uh the pop would later have an album well, you should talk about the magazine how did it start okay freddie called me up it's fancy and i tried to tell uh talk to people young people about this you got your uh bone phone yeah yeah uh, because now they got internet and people connect really easy without well, living in the same town. And yeah. in those days, didn't have that. So the fabric for community was the fanzines. And I try to tell people, in a way, the ethics stayed the same, even though the technology and stuff changed. But to know, understand fanzine history is very important. And to, to know what, what's, what can't, the potential of internet. Internet does, doesn't have to be a lot of jive shit. No, no, it's, it can still bring those ethics. Like, this is uh, fanzine people. Uh, yeah, I know people that like the certain kind of thing. They're way into. And why do we have to go to a gatekeeper like uh, I don't know, Rolling Stone or something? Yeah. Why don't we just print up our own and make a parallel universe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. So, so how, how'd you guys get going? Well, I think it was when we came to see Patty Smith at the at the whiskey when she just had Lenny K with her, mm-hmm. and right after the Piss Factory. It, single had come out yeah, I remember and, and Freddie had gone up to Tower Records in, in LA you know, on Sunset Strip sure. and he had come back with copies of this mm-hmm. now we knew Patty from her writing in Cream Magazine mm-hmm. and we knew Lenny because he had done the, the Nuggets uh, compilation of Garage Bands and um, so we go up there and we see him and there's hardly anybody there that, and most people don't get it and we go back upstage for the first time because there's nobody there. And we start talking to him. We go, man, we really liked what you did, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, hey, you guys are really cool, you know. And that kind of made us feel like um, we had some kind of worth or something. You know what I mean? That, you know, that we weren't crazy or... or validated. Yeah, validated. So Freddie is inspired by this and says, he calls me up. I'm living in Carson at this point, And he calls me up and he goes, I'm going to do a... A magazine. All these other magazines suck, which we all agreed on, you know, you know, the, you know. And we we had to do our own. And I'm going to call it Back to Our Man. Do you want to write for it? And I go, yeah, sure. You know. And I go and, and get Tom Gardner and Dee Dee Fay and Bob Myers and Don Underwood too, because they were all good writers. And you know, they all had opinions and, and stuff like that. So we all pulled our thing and we started doing it. This is in um, February of 1975. Yeah. So um, we did 15 issues of the, of the fanzine. Um, we interviewed New Order, you know, with Ron Ashton and, yeah. and Dennis Thompson, that band when they were living here. Uh, you know, BOC, Nugent, uh, Patti Smith and Lenny, uh, Blondie, all these people. We gave Jenny Lenz, the photographer, her first 
anything. You know, Freddie saw her shooting uh, the motels at the Starwood and goes, let me see those pictures. I got a magazine. She goes, you don't even know what they look like. He goes, don't worry about it. You know, I mean, she takes that picture of Debbie Harry with her panties showing. You know, which we we put on the cover, of course. You know, bam, that's the cover shot, man. Um, And uh, Jenny gets in all kinds of trouble for that, you know. And we did... um, we did 15 issues. Uh, the last ones had color covers, uh, or one color actually added. Where, where'd you get the name? Is it from the Dorso? From and the blues, you know. Actually, the, they covered. Yeah, yeah the the Howlin' Wolf tune that Willie Dixon wrote, you know. Uh, and and brother Matt went over Willie Dixon's house. Oh yeah, yeah out in Woodland Hills there. Uh, Glendale. Glendale, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Experience he was a very him. nice man, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, you know Willie's great. He's you know. bass player. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's one he wrote of the, songs. One of the great <laughs> songwriters, yeah, yeah, Wang yeah, Doodle. You know, I mean, yeah. I couldn't even begin to list them all. You know, uh, yeah, he had a drawer full that he still never even got to. Right for all occasions. Right. Oh, I remember him telling the Blasters when they did a some PBS kind of show together or something like that. Um, he he goes up to Dave and he says. I bit my head on a chopping block that I got a song for you. <laughs> so anyway, chopping ba- blocks. Huh? Back back to the back to the party. We 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 had it at the Fleetwood in Redondo Beach, which also was a smokestack. I, was that before or after? You know, and it's where a lot of decline was filmed. Yeah, first, it was Fleetwood uh, by that time. You know, so three bands on the bill, and we charge people three dollars, and we do it. And uh, Patty calls me up to sing with them, and they they. It was the guys in the pop were playing as the backing band and Lenny on guitar and Patty. And I go, oh, fuck, I don't know what to do. Oh, let's do money, you know. And so I get up there and I, I'm screaming away and I can't hear myself. There's no monitors or anything. And uh, Patty's supposed to take the second verse, right? So I go, I guess. And Patty is just cracking up because I'm just out there, you know, just going for it. And I go, oh, fuck. So I start to, you know, I can't remember the second verse. So I just sing the second first one again, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody actually taped this. And sent it to me. You know, I got a cassette of this, and um, it's the last time I sang on stage. I haven't not sung on stage, you know, for thirty-two years. You know, so she's I start... got that song Redondo Beach. Yeah, is that? A... I don't know if she it's did that. Kind of before. a reggae tune. Yeah, you know, and it, it, Redondo Beach is a pl- is a beach where women love other women. You know, it's got that lesbian kind of thing. I don't know, maybe. You know, um, you know, um, makes you want to go to Redondo Beach. Well, I suppose, you know, just to watch. Um, but, uh, no, so that, that was the third anniversary. Chauncey Garden. The last... I, the last, I like to watch. Yeah, the, the last two issues actually had fold-outs. Um, Why'd we, you quit? Well, um, our printer wouldn't print it anymore. And uh, every time... What, what we did is we took all the money we made from it and we would roll it over into the next issue. No one ever took a dime from... Backdoor Man. No one ever took a dime. None of the staff, anything. We just rolled everything over in the next issue. The printer wouldn't print it anymore. They got religion or something, and they didn't like the content. I even put on a three-piece suit, went down there and begged them, you know, like a businessman, you know, and no, we don't want anything to do. another printer? They were all way too expensive. No, 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 it was it was too expensive, you know, and uh, by that time, Dee Dee was managing the zippers, and Freddie was being fast Freddie, and I had gotten a gig working at... Ba- the Precision. Yeah, but, you know, that was even later. He was just being a man about town, oh, you, you oh. know, and... Um, I was I, I got a gig working for. That's kind of a good job, uh, man. About town. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't beat the benefits, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, um, 
<laughs> so, and I, w- I had gotten a gig writing for uh, Radio and Records, the trade magazine by then. You know. He's cool people, though. If anybody deserves a gig like that, Freddie does. Oh, still, he's a great DJ, you know. That's what he does a lot. He, he has a job working for a non-profit organization there. The, uh, he came out here a couple months ago. Yeah, he was out here. Uh, we, we DJed together at, at the Bigfoot Lodge uh, with Lee Joseph. It was fun. And we had a big... Lee Joseph? That's still happening. No, he he did, his last gig was the end of December. You know, uh, they replaced. You know, uh, they said that the the bar had, receipts were down fifty percent in the last year, and they just couldn't really afford to do the DJ thing there. I played there a few times. Yeah, kind of a cool little place. Yeah, it's done up like a, lo- a lodge yeah, with yeah, the this, logs and you shit. know, yeah, in the, in the it's at, like Los at, Feliz. And the golf course is across the road. Yeah. What's the, what's, the, uh, what's the joint? It's called the Bigfoot Lodge. Yeah, it's an Atwater Village, you know. Right, the bridge. Right, you go right over the bridge, you right. know, from yeah, uh, from Rose Phyllis. Yeah, the, it's just just east of the river. Right. And, um, yeah. For, he came down to the Redwood, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did when the Zeros played, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that was that same weekend. I hadn't seen the Zeros play in 30 years. Well, exactly. They were teenagers. Well, you know. Um, that was great. You know, some play the whiskey. I mean, um, you know, and Freddie was like the MC when that the it was the Nerves and the Germs played the Orpheum there across the street. Yeah, yeah. You know, from Tower there that those gigs, those famous gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the Zippers were on the bill. And we were all there. You know, I mean, it was early days. It was before the mask. Yeah. You know, I mean, we you know all this shit that we're talking about was mostly before the mask, and then. You know, after the match, then the other club owners all said, hey, well, this, we could make some money doing this. Mm-hmm. And then there was all these people that said, hey, we could have a band, you know. And um, whether, you know, it was the Hollywood bands, you know, first, the people that formed up around there. You know, it was people like the, the Screamers who would come down from Seattle, right. you know, or the Nerves from San Francisco, you there know. some Hollywood ones, too, like Berlin Brass. Well, that was a little before. They played Rodney's along with mm-hmm. us, not on the same night, but... Um, um, that, t- that turned into Mau Mau's. Yeah, right. something like that, you know. Uh, yeah, and they. Um, and there was a Bakersfield band called the Quick. Well, there was a Quick out of uh, out of. Uh, that, were they Bakersfield? I, no, they're from the Valley. There was Danny oh, Bonner the, was in that. It was later Hofstetter on guitar. Yeah, Hofstetter on guitar, and okay. Danny and Danny Bonner, uh and one of those guys was in the Rembrandts. I think the singer, you know, or something like that, and Billy Persmanson's who's a bail bondsman. <laughs> yeah. And um, well, was dad was you know yeah the, those bands were more like the pop kind of thing there was, was kind of mixing I saw them play and like the last would play with them right that kind of and yeah. I saw the nerves with them too yeah you know before Peter we had the Plimsolls which was a, a better band but Jack Lee was in that and and uh, what's the other guy's name uh, he made a band too the drummer man. The yeah, beat, some kind of yeah, beat. Yeah, Paul Collins, English, you know, Paul Collins beat, you know, not England beat, not the English beat, but the Paul Collins beat, and Jack Lee, and who wrote? What happened to Jack? I don't yeah, know. He wrote, wrote that Blondie song. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hanging uh, on the telephone. You know, it's uh, on that Nerves record. Yeah, yeah, Poor yeah, Blondie. yeah. You know, you know, and but the, but the thing about fanzines is that we were all dissatisfied, and we wanted to get. It off our chests, uh, you know, g- you know, get our spiel out there, and also when we did it, we didn't realize it was going to happen that we started meeting all these other people. Mm-hmm. You know, we met Helen and, and Trudy from, yeah, you know, yeah. that were up from Rolling Hills and stuff like that, and we started meeting 
this whole wider group of people. Uh, in Pedro, we call it the hill. Yeah, you know, uh, PV, you know. Uh, but I had known... Uh, looks down on us. But I had known... Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I had known... I think uh, it's a more g- gradual slope up there on the west side. But on the seaside here, very yeah, steep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I had met uh, Keith Morris when he was working at Rubicon Records when we were living in Hermosa, and I met Greg Ginn around that time, too. Mm-hmm. So I knew them before they had the band. You know, and stuff like that, and um, so we started meeting all these people, and then we started, you know, taking the magazine up to Hollywood to sell it, you know, stuff like that, and we met Greg Shaw and Fowley and and all those other people, you know, and all the Hollywood people. So the the thing started building, and then you know the thing got thicker, and we, we, these crazy lesbian chicks called us up, and they said, "We love your magazine, but it looks like shit. We can make it better." We, we they were typesetters and graphic people, and so they came in to handle that thing and do some writing for it too and and uh we built it up we started getting it distributed nationally you know to hip record stores in cleveland or chicago or new york or whatever and um we did fold outs the last two the last two have a fold out where it's yeah, like, yeah, I remember. where it's um johnny rotten at the at the winterland show the last six pistol show uh-huh, right. and the, the review of Black it is on the back uh-huh. And um S&M outfit. Yeah, yeah, you know, and the review is Did on the. Did you go ba- to that gig? No, I didn't. I it thought was raining really hard. I was going to try and drive up there. I, 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 my, my feeling is, is uh, they'll be back. I had no idea yeah, that it was. I thought they didn't want to play. LA. You know, I don't. You know, or that New was York. all. That was all McLaren's shit. They didn't. You know, and um, I didn't realize that it was that kind of crap was going on behind the scenes or anything, you know, and I just thought, oh, I don't want to hassle my record people for a gig, you know, that I knew, you know, and and so I just didn't do it. Uh, a bunch of people did. For, Dee Dee went up there, and she filed her story and was, like, crudely typewritten, and, you know, I edited it, and I got all my marks in it and stuff like that, and, and there's parts where she's Xing out stuff and, you know, and all that stuff, and I looked at it and we go, man, let's just put this in the photocopier and... Run it like that, mm-hmm. and so that's what we did. So cool. the review on the back is just written like it's just as you on know, you know, it's right. got that kind of feel to it. And I, th- I thought that was the best graphic thing we ever did in right. the magazine. It's a good call. You know, um, it was. You know, I'm, I'm very proud of that. We, it stops in '78. Uh, that's around when Slash started. Did anybody? Slash was on? a little before. Freddie went over to Slash, yeah, and, and, and he, he Freddie wrote for, and uh, he did some writing for there. His and, name was Kickboy Cloud, but no, 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 no. no. Kickboy was a different person, you know. Kickboy face was Clyde Bessie, yeah, and, and he was he was part of Slash, and, and, and Jeffrey Lee Pierce writing was, for him. Yeah, Freddie went. That's o- the one guy I recognized from Backdoor Man. Right, Freddie. He's Freddie the only one that went. Over and writes for Kickboy for Claude. Yeah, and then yeah, Jeff, but I don't think Jeffrey wrote for you guys. Did no, 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 we met him later. You he know, was way into uh, reggae. Reggae. <laughs> he was rank, ranking Jeffrey Pierce. You yeah. know, he and, ended up making a pretty good band. Yeah, Gun Club and all that stuff. Writers you know? who make bands. And uh, sometimes that works out pretty good. <laughs> but was Freddie the only one from there to go to Slash? Yeah, yeah. I was already doing this day job, and I didn't care. You know, I mean, um, um, and I started writing for other places. Like I started writing for the New York Rocker, and um, and for you know out of New York. Didi married Nels. Yeah. Is that how you met Nels? Yeah. Well, I met him because he was working at the record store at Rhino. Right, many you know? years. Yeah. And then, you know, Didi split with me and married Nels. And, uh, you know, we became friends, you know, and I've known Nels for, you know, 30-some fucking years now. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, the various people, like, I started writing for the LA Times in about 1981, 
you know. And so I was doing stuff for the LA Times and, and other places. Craig I wrote, Lee. Yeah, Craig Lee was one of the... He was a slash person that went over to the LA he's Times, the, too. Yeah, he's one of the guys... He was in he's Catholic the first discipline. guy to get the Minutemen in the L.A. Times. Oh, yeah? He was in the bags after Gaza. Yeah, yeah. He's an interesting guy. He passed away yeah, yeah. a while ago. Yeah, a long time ago, in the 80s. Um, but, so, you know, the, we, we did all that, you know, and, um, you know, we reviewed a lot of these people. I mean, we saw a lot of shows, you know, that, you know, for those, during that three years, and, you know... Um, and then in uh, the mid '80s, um, I left R and R because I didn't see any potential there for advancement, and I, I was just going to freelance and write a book. And I did a book on Motown, an unauthorized history of Motown, called the Motown Story. Yeah. And that came out in '85. And did you learn a lot about James Jamerson. Yeah, bit. I've read that Dr. Lick's book that came out afterward. You know, yeah, and, yeah. You know, I mean, in your research for the Motown. Well, I talked to Earl Van Dyke, who was uh -huh. the keyboard player, because sure. he was still alive. Jameson just died right about the time I was doing the book, so I didn't. You know, get... and the bass got lost. No one yeah, knows I know. The bass I know. I mean, it's so tragic what happened to him. Yeah, you know, I mean, that guy was a monster player. He's one of the everyone on bass owes that man. Yeah, on electric bass. Oh yeah. Him, McCartney, Entwistle, and uh, Duck Dunn are the four major bass players. And Carol Kay, probably, you know, is a L L.A. studio. Jack, Jack Bruce, I used to Well, like yeah, him. Jack Bruce, yeah, yeah. Those are the major... Did you get to see Cream? No. I saw... Gordon saw Cream at the Whiskey. I, 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 I saw... <laughs> Can you imagine? I saw the original... The cream at the Whiskey. <laughs> I saw the original experience play the Forum. Uh, right, yeah, in Steve 69. And, and I saw... Um, That's where the, the cops... Right, got all heavy, and Jimmy told to cool out. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's bootleg. It's bootleg. Well, you know, it's not, it was actually officially reissued by you know, like that. You know, the the whole Hendrix Forum set in '69 is there. He opened. Oh, with, really? Yeah, he opens with "Tax Free," you know, and and says we're just jamming and stuff like that. And it's a great set. I mean, as Star Spangled Banner, Watchtower, ten minutes of Spanish Castle magic, man. It's just. You know, I mean. Did, did Ronnie ever tell you about uh, him seeing Hendrix? It was in uh, Ann Arbor and maybe 90 people there, and everyone's standing in the back. No one will get close. And Ronnie walked up there to the front of the stage and watched him. Wow. He said uh, Mitch Mitchell had a, let's see, he had beers on one side and a bucket on the other. So he's drinking the beers and puking in the bucket. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you know, uh, can't, not same time. Yeah, right, right, right. right. But you know, and, yeah. And I, I saw the, the door. I, I saw the Doors play the Forum in '69 with Jerry Lee Lewis opening and Sweetwater, and I saw the Stones play there with uh, Terry Reed, BB King, and Ike and Tina Turner. And also that year, there was a place called the Bank, and it was the Blue Law before that. It yeah, was the right, Bank is in Torrance. Right, right off the uh, yeah. Harbor Freeway at about yeah. Carson Street or thereabouts. My, my brother-in-law was just uh, in Alpine Village. Yeah. My brother-in-law just told me about a Grateful Dead show. He went. He's a big Deadhead. He way in the in the late '60s went and saw the Dead. Uh, he said uh, the Bank. Yeah, it was. It was, it was about '68 and '69. Right. It was open, mm -hmm. and I, I have friends that went to see more shows. And the one show I went there to see was Males Blues Breakers with uh -huh. Mick Taylor in the band, uh -huh. and the opening act was Chicago Transit Authority, as they were uh -huh. then known. Yeah, it was turned into Chicago. Right, but there was also the Fugs played there. Mm -hmm. You know, the Mothers played uh -huh. there. Um, Black. Pearl played there, you know, all these wild bands, you yeah. know, and, and stuff.
enough. And of course, Torrance wasn't going to, ha- or I think it's actually it might be in the county land. I don't know, but it's a, it's gateway. A, yeah, Harbor Gateway they call it now, but Tortilla Flats as we would call it. You know, yeah, right, right, right. You know, but um, Torrance. Yeah, yeah, uh, but you know that 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 was that was gone swiftly. You know, um, so but you know like before that you never saw bands. I mean, I didn't have access you know you'd see bands play you know the white front opening or you'd see them play on a battle of the bands at a custom car show or something you know i mean you know when when i saw hendrix i used to see these surf bands in my neighborhood rehearse and they would guys would play guitar behind their head and behind their back you know they were they, they do these real acrobatic things like they're doing wipeout and they would all do the quarter turn jumps during the breaks you know like a and they would they would turn around and then the last quarter turn you're facing the audience again yeah. you know so, and, and i used to see these like um wearing the same shirts all, <laughs> these r&b bands that were either black or 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 white greasers or or mexicans and stuff all in the suits wearing doing the steps you know yeah. with the choreographed yeah, horns yeah. and and everybody doing you know coming out there and doing etta james's tell mama with the horns and men just and just blowing they were hard, you know. They were good players, and they put that showmanship in, and that's something that we was a formative influence. I mean, to me, it was seeing James Brown on the Tammy Show, you know, the movie, which I saw in the theaters at the Vista Theater in Gardena when I was thirteen. My mom took me and my little brother to see the movie, and um, and seeing the Who on television on Shindig when they're playing live at the Richmond Blues and Jazz Festival. And it was live footage of the Who, and they were breaking everything up. And I just thought, this is the most exciting thing I've ever seen. I want to be up there breaking Did you see shit the with them. Ones? <laughs> yeah, that was later. Yeah, yeah you know. Did you see but, that? You know, but the funniest thing is, you know, the John Antmusel, here comes the bass solo, and the camera guy goes to pee. Yeah, well, that was typical. Yeah, you know? typical shit, right? Always on the wrong thing. <laughs> they, you know, they, oh, they yeah. never get who's playing the actual solo, you know? I mean, it, it was terrible, you know? But. But seeing the you know the the Who and James Brown those very physical acts that right. were you it wasn't just standing up there it was like putting this thing on and it was done with sweat it wasn't about props and it wasn't about smoke bombs and you know and all that shit right. you know it was about what do you put into it it was like a you know we wanted to be like R and B bands you know yeah, yeah. like you know those soul bands and, and yeah. blues bands you know you get up there and you work you know you sweat you put on a show for the people. Right. And, you know, and you're supposed to be wearing clothes that they're not wearing, you know? You're not supposed to look like the audience, mm-hmm. you know? You're supposed to be, like, something special, and you're supposed to prove it, right. you know? And you you go out there, and, you know, we drop hammer on this DVD, man. There's, like, mm-hmm. we do a song, and it's, like, 20 seconds, and wham, you know? I mean, it's a 20-second song? Well, no, 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 we're not you guys, you know. I mean, we, we, weren't, that, we weren't that kind of geniuses, you know. No, uh, we, we, you know, we, there's a 20 song, there's 20 second break, you know what I mean? And then it's like, wham, punch you again, you know. And here comes another body shot, you know. And he likes to run the kicks, working man said. Speaking of physical. It's time for Brother Matt. Yeah, time to do it then. And uh, let's get physical. Let's spin cycle.
for experiments. Picture these strings as layers of the earth. Each one has its own frequency. It would vibrate any strings that were present in the ground.
Hey, Brother Matt, thank you so much for cool, your spin cycle. Cool, And what was your inspiration today? Well, last night kind of spilled into today. Did you today. hear some of our spiel? Yeah, a little bit. I okay. kind of got lost there when I heard about the, the body, body parts, parts yeah. on the bicycle. Um, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Spinal cord in a jar. That was cool. I kind of got lost the, a little the, bit play there. The plate glass. Yeah. Yeah, Don so, Witnesson <laughs> did not finger paint. Yeah, so it was a multitasking spin yeah. cycle there. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we had a little leftover last night. We saw Antenna at this uh, CD release party. Yeah. And uh, so I squeezed some of that stuff in. You were a receptor yeah. to their broadcaster. <laughs> okay, we're at the end of the second hour, uh, January 31st, 2010. Watt from Pedro Show. Guest Don Waller. Yeah, how you doing, man? And, um, uh, not yet. Hold hmm. tight for hour three. Uh, January 31st, 2010. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
the line But easily you can't find my words Trasmesso di avere uno scelto clima 
sono riuscito ad attirare la loro attenzione ma mi sa che è arrivato il momento di cercare un posto in cui apprezzano la mia arruffata melodia senza re più della mia merda
know who I am, yet I desperately want self-definition. I'm trying to get us to abandon that terminology. I'm saying something inconsistent. I am a non-immigrant. I am who I say I am. I am an employer. I'm not there. I do not sleep. I'm energized by students, encouraged by staff, and inspired by colleagues. I'm speaking to a microphone, broadcasting my despair, but I hear no response. I mean, sun is shining. I'm above ground, man. I mean, I don't ask for a lot, man. I'm, I'm happy every fucking... People ask me, how you doing? Man, I'm happy, man. You know, I mean, you know, I'm on the right side of the ground. You yeah. know, I mean, and everything's working. I'm not right. in pain. A lot from Pedro's show. We heard a bunch of stuff there from uh, Italy. And uh, started off the third hour with uh, Everybody Settled Down by Sigoti. And then we heard Angel Dust by Blind Jesus and Frog and Rolls by Belfi Asso. Uh, that's Andrea Belfi. And uh, he's the Fratello played drums in November when I went over oh, to oh, yeah. six gigs in uh, the album. And Blind Jesus has got Stefano Paglia, which uh, did the guitar. Mm-hmm. They're, they're mixing that now. They want me to write up words. I've never wrote a uh, word for one of the tunes. I never wrote about princess before, so I'm gonna write one about a tiger. It's the year of the tiger, so mm. a tiger princess. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> breaking new, breaking new ground. <laughs> That's, <all right. laughs> That's good. That's good. I can, I can I can see the tattoo. You know, okay. I'm a full heard, back uh, job. You know. Oh my head by the space pony. I like the way it's not space ponies or space pony, but it's mm. the space pony. Mm. Yeah, very distinct yeah, individual. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, not to be confused with the space donkey. <laughs> you know. And then Storia di Ferro di Defe Cazzoni by La Via Degli Astonari. And We All Swing Alone by Captain Swing and then Something Inconsistent by Nekos, who are from Nap- Napoli, but... Uh, Neko means cat in Japanese. I don't understand that. But everybody get together with different parts of the world. Let's get back to Don Waller world and the, uh, both the wheelchair and uh, the FBI bus. Okay, we'll start with the FBI bus. We were, we were living down in Carson, and what we would do is we would get these houses and we would renovate the garage by putting in... Um, uh, Insulation and and carpeting. Practice pad. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and we, that's how we use it because there were there were no rehearsal studios around or anything like that. Yeah. So um, we're down there, and always we would end up living next to the biggest assholes on the block. 
you know, and we were always being forced to move. There was always no- noise complaints. We would move into a place and we'd go around to the neighbors and we'd say, look, at, we're a rock band. We're going to rehearse from 6 to uh, 8 o'clock every night, you know. And uh, if you've got a problem, come over and talk to us. Don't call the police, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like this. And we had a big sign on the thing because we had been busted on a cultivation bust, which is another story. But um, Ron Mota. Yeah. And um, so we had a sign on a house on the front door that says, don't bring drugs in here because we were on probation, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, because the last thing you need is a police coming out on a noise complaint and then busting you for getting high, yeah. Yeah. you know. And, you know, it ain't like it is nowadays with everybody's little cards and clinics. So we're sitting there rehearsing and uh, or practicing, and um, all of a sudden through the carpet comes a shotgun. And behind it is this guy with a mustache and a face like a charbroiled steak, and he's wearing oh, a one su- of the village people. And he's wearing a <laughs> he's wearing a suit, and he's got a badge, and he says, "FBI." And I'm on the mic, and I go, "You guys are just practicing." Yeah, and, and, and I'm going, "Well, this is one hell of a noise complaint." And the guy goes to Paul, Terrio, the guitar player, he goes, "You come with me." And he takes him in the house, and he goes to the house, and. He's by himself, one cat with a shotgun. No, there's, we don't know that there's, there's shitloads of people. Okay. But they just tell us to stay there. There's other guys who are pointing guns at us. So we, we stay there. He just grabs Paul, takes him in the house, over the couch where there should be a picture frame. We don't have pictures, like in frames to hang. So Paul just hung uh, an adjustable wrench there. <laughs> and the guy looks at that and goes, what's that? And Paul says, that's art. That's art. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then he sees the poster, because Tim was working at the post office part-time, sorting mail, and he had liberated in the name of the people the Patty Hearst Wanted poster. Uh-huh. And, and it's there on the wall. And he goes, What's, you, know, you know, that's illegal to have that. Well, you know. So they go through the whole house. and They never showed you a warrant. No. They go through the whole house, and they don't, they're, they're not looking for drugs or anything. You know, they're not trossing the place or anything. And... Then they come back in and they go, well, we got a report that Patty Hearst and two black guys came into this address. And we just start laughing, you know? I mean, Patty Hearst, two black guys? you got to be joking me. SLA. Yeah, this is when when they're on the run. And um, so they leave, and we go, well, fuck it. Practice is over, man. You know, forget this. We walk outside the garage. The whole coldest... Did they apologize or anything? Yeah, you know. Um, we walk out uh, there, and we're, we lived on a cul-de-sac, and the whole cul-de-sac is lined with police cars. And then the street behind us has got cars. They've got the street blocked off. There's helicopters overhead. This whole bit. And what it was is with these redneck asshole neighbors of ours, these just sit on their porch at night and clean their guns and drink beer, had called the fucking cops on us. The FBI on us, you know. Patty Hearst and two black guys, you know. Oh, that gets the FBI, you know. And we're just going, but, you know, then it got to be at that place that they just called the police every night. Yeah. Every night they called the police. And finally we just go, okay, we got to move. We, we, we're here to practice. That's this why we're... Carson. Yeah, this is in Carson, so we moved to another place. And, but we just got hassled constantly. Right, sure. They rent the sheriffs. Yeah, the sheriffs. Yeah, it was, it was sheriffs, you know, and, and all that stuff. So that's the famous FBI Patty Hearst Imperial Dogs. Did you write a song about it? No, you know, I mean, we should have, you know. You're but scared. we just got hassled so much. I mean, Paul was stopped three times one morning in three different cities driving to work. You know, they told him, you match the description of a murderer, this is a stolen car description matches, you know, and it's just like... Do you know about SST and Old Torrance and the 
that police department having their little fun with us. Oh, yeah. They pull me over. Oh, we're looking for Michael Watt, but he's got blue eyes. <laughs> you know, shit like this. Yeah. And then it all came down when they went on tour, flag went on tour, and I was opening the door to the whole, the captain and every brass thing up there. Department. Yeah, when they were living, when they had that office on Torrance, you know. And, uh, well, you we know, used to. They thought it was a front for, uh, was the record company was fake. It was right. Uh, Wow. So now you had to go to court, and then finally a judge threw it out in chambers. No shit. Yeah, it, it was very heavy. I was assigned a public defender and shit. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty creepy. Yeah. yeah. The, in the old days, there was a real weird thing. Well, the, we lived down in downtown Torrance on Cabrillo. You know? This was where the, we, yeah. Prairie. Gr- yeah. No, not at Prairie. Cabrillo was the street it was on. Yeah. You know in Pedro we say Cabrillo. Yeah, Cabrillo okay. Beach, <laughs> anyway, Beach. but we we we've we, heard of this Cabrillo stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but you know Cabrillo. Um, but, but right there, there's a there's a uh, fountain to JFK, but it's like shaped like a toilet. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, and uh, that it was a former dentist office, and that's that's where it was. Across the street was a place that just sold flags. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we oh, lived down there right next to. Tarnco Steel, where Paul and I were working, and oh. we lived in this upstairs place. It was like Opera Andorra's below, you know, or something. And we had this upstairs place there, but we couldn't rehearse there. But we were there for a few months as we we're trying to find a new place to rehearse, you know, and stuff. And um, the cops followed us for a mile with their lights out, and we got out of the car and they threw it against the wall and searched us, you know. And we kept home. We, where are you going? We're going home. We live there. Nobody lives there. We live there. And after about four times with this, they finally got it through their head. Uh, you know, every shift got the, uh, co- the memo or something that, yeah, well, these guys actually do live there, you know. Um, uh, so, you know, Small you just... town police department. Yeah, you just yeah, got hassled. You know, but but you've got to wonder, are you, were you being targeted? Was your name specifically on a list? I mean, what the fuck? They just were... Cops are... Co- flyers on uh, telephone poles? No. Um... There was no Imperial Dog Flyers. No, not, well, not a, no. We put them at record stores and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, music stores and, and stereo stores and stuff. But what, not. What, what, what'd you do with the flyer? How'd you make them? Did you draw? Yeah, there's a reproduction of, of the flyer for the Long Beach gig and one of the Rodney shows are in the DVD booklet. There's a 20 page booklet that's there. You know, uh, 3,500 words a line. You can or get no. this on the web, right? Yeah, you Why go don't to. You give the. You go. You go to theimperialdogs.com. That's our website. You spell it. T-H-E-I-M-P-E-R-I-A-L-D-O-G-S dot com. And you can do, do do the PayPal thing and, you know, I'll mail you one. And this goes out to anywhere in the world. I'll mail them to anywhere in the world. The DVD will play in all regions. You know, it'll play in... I've Taiwan? Sold, I've, I've, I've sold them to Japan. I've sold Italy. them to Australia. I've sold them to, to France. I've sold them to England. You know, uh, everywhere. Nobody... Yeah, Pedro. You know, and I, I saw. Good twelve. You know, I, 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 I've sold them to Huntington Beach. I, I, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Point Loma. You know, I mean, you know, every surf spot that the Beach Boys talk about. You know, um, no, but okay. And and the wheelchair story. Okay, yeah, yeah. we go we go up to play Rodney's the first time, and you know we're really jazzed. You know, because uh, it's a gig, and and Iggy's going to be there and stuff. And How'd we, you know? We heard that, you know, some people, you know, because he was living up there with, uh, you know, him and Williamson were still living in that building with Ron and Dennis downstairs and stuff. Yeah. 
you know, we didn't really know them then, but, you know, somebody somebody knew and they brought Iggy, you know, whether it was Rodney or Fowley or somebody like that. He shows up wearing a denim jacket, you know, and blonde hair and all that. So we decided, you know, these, these glitter people up in Hollywood and all this gay shit, you know, and, and everything, you know, these people think it's decadent and there's also, you know, and we're, we're, we're from the burbs, man. We're from Nowheresville, you know what I mean? We're from the South Bay and we just got this, this bullshit ain't going to fly down here, you know? And, you know, we used to go up there and go dancing and stuff, you know, and, and, you know, with the girls from Carson that we knew and stuff like that, you know, we used to go up there and dance and stuff like that. Cause it was, you know, a place you could hear like T-Rex or Slade or whatever, you know, Lou Reed, Bowie, whatever, you know, we were into that stuff. Mata Hoopo, all that kind of stuff. We were yeah. into that. Yeah. So and it was a place to go and meet people that were like you, you know, or sort of. But these people were all clannish and, you know, yeah, yeah, and they thought they were better than us. And I was like, we're gonna freak you people out. We got our buddy Eric Sorry, who was a fucking narcissistic egomaniac, and um, we had liberated. I heard about I heard about egomaniacs kind of being narcissists. Yeah, you know, and um. We had liberated a wheelchair in the name of the people from somewhere. I don't know where we got this, but we got a wheelchair. And when we used to do this ain't the summer of love in the instrumental break, I would simulate a puking OD. I went and got some blood capsules and some foaming capsules from the theatrical shop, you know, over on Crenshaw. And I would chew a bunch of them up and I spit out all this foaming blood like I'm dying, you know, OD, you know, in the middle of this tune. Great fun. Um, so we gave it... We gave Eric a bunch of these things, and Eric is in the wheelchair. We wheel him into the gig. You know, he's in the middle of the little dance floor there. We're playing right up against the mirrors all around us. You know, it's like a, it's just like a straight little shotgun bar, you know. And um, Eric is heckling me the whole time. You know, he's just, you know, saying shit, just giving me shit, you know. And so we're doing this tune called Lizard Love. And it's S and M theme thing, and I've got this chain belt that we we made all our chains and stuff. We would go down to Sears and we'd take them to our buddy at a chrome shop and get them chromed and stuff. You know, we made all our clothes because you couldn't just go into Hot Topic and buy this shit. Right. You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, the bass players were in these. I played this stage at the Warped Tour called Hot Topic, and I asked what this was, and they told me you could buy punk clothes at the mall. Yeah. You know, but, that's what hot topic is. But Tim, Tim, our Tim, our bass player, he was really hairy, you know, and he's a little bigger than the rest of us, you know, and so, and he was completely immobile on stage. He couldn't pl- move and play bass at the same time, you know. He's a good bass player and he could sing, you know, and also, but he just couldn't move. And we wanted to be more energetic. Okay, we're gonna make a lemons into lemonade. We're gonna chain him to the amp. So we had this thing where we, I would come on and say, John, I would chain him to his amp, you know. And Tim had these, these. we got this hippie uh, friend of a friend, this seamstress. We went down to the fabric store and we got this fake fur stuff that I don't know what you're supposed to use it for, bedspreads or maybe a bathroom rug or something. And we had these, her make these pants for Tim. So he's up there bare-chested um, with chains and and leather straps and stuff and then he's got these fur pants on you know and then and paul had these crushed silver velvet trousers and a pair of motorcycle boots and this sounds just like the Minutemen. and and paul and paul surfs paul still surfs he's always surfed he surfs he's out surfing today right now i'm sure and uh and so he's bare-chested you know and and he's got these things and i'm wearing head-to-foot black leather you know, and, and the drummer's got like a, a pink shirt, pair of suspenders, black suspenders. black black jeans and these boots that lace up to about his knees, you yeah. know, and stuff and, and uh shades, you know and you guys are all sorta of coordinated, you know. <laughs> sorta, you know. I mean but you know, so we're wearing these 
weird clothes and stuff. So I'm, I, I take off, I take, I take off the chain belt and I, I'm whipping the amps and I'm whipping myself with it and I'm whipping the stage and then I jump into the audience and I just start whipping them. I start whipping the fucking dude in the wheelchair with the chain and he starts spitting up all his blood and I turn the wheelchair over and I'm pounding on that thing. I'm not hitting him with the chains. I'm hitting the wheelchair. The fucking audience freaks out, you know, and half the place just goes wham out the exit like that, you know, and we're going. What him. happened? Yeah. What do you mean? You know, where'd the audience go? We didn't mean to scare them off. I mean, apparently there was a line. Did, did you really think that we were going to beat up some guy in a wheelchair with a chain? You know, I mean, you know, did you really think this was real? You know, I mean, yeah, well, you know, they just went, ah, you know, I couldn't believe Rodney invited us back. You know, I mean, he probably does it. Yeah. Wow. You know. Well, you know they used to always go, "Wow." Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he, well, he, I, th- I think he gave us the gig because Fally had told him about there's these packs of wild girls that follow these guys around. Yeah, that's Fally's. You know, I, I mean, so, and that was kind of true, you know. But they were all just our friends, you know. I mean, and you know, so okay, if that gets us the gig, you know, fine, you know. I mean. um you know, so yeah, that that was the the wheelchair um, uh, story <laughs> incident. You know, um, it was during Lizard Love. Wow. Yeah, you know, um, it's, it's Lizard Love on this thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, let's play. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Little tender love song, and it's called uh, Cerebral Vortex.
I'd like to dedicate this one to Tom, Didi, Adolf, the Lizard King, and Bo Diddley. This is called Amphetamine Superman. just heard uh, Amphetamine Superman live from that Long Beach gig with the Imperial Dogs. And before that, that we heard uh, something from Philadelphia, a band called The G with Better Days. And 
and before that was Lizard Love, uh, live from that Long Beach thing, Imperial Dogs, and that was the uh, the musical accompaniment to the uh, beatdown of the friend in the wheelchair. Right. Like, with the blood capsules in his mouth. <laughs> that drove the folks away. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the hall raker. Yeah. <laughs> um. uh, we're kind of in the home stretch of the show now, Don. So uh, what's your take on all these years? You said you stopped sing- singing in 78. You wrote rock and roll and then got out of that and made this book yeah so what, what about that book on motown right yeah i wrote a book called the motown story uh you can still get it you know used on weren't Am- you in spain for a while no no that's don snowden oh that's he right. he moved there you know he still uh, lives there right? yeah he lives in valencia okay you know um no i i was a professional writer you didn't me- mention him but i know yeah he Garrett? was yeah he Garrett? was he was a cool guy you know i mean uh f- we met him after we started doing the backdoor man mm-hmm. thing, and Don's a good guy and a good writer, you know, and he's a good friend, you know. And I wish he wasn't living in Valencia because I would see him more often. Yeah. But what you about, know, what about um, the rock uh, rockerati? Well, I mean, I was the a rock right. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, there's people like Richard Meltzer who kind of invented it, right? Yeah, and, and cats, bangs, and you know, and, and, are right after. Yeah, but what what about since? Well, I mean, I, do, I, you know, I, I am, I guess, still a journalist, you know, and, and you know, and I do. Yeah, write, I shouldn't have said the past tense. Like well, that. you know, and, and, I, and I've done it, you know, I mean, I, I wrote for the LA Times for about 10 years until mm-hmm. Hilburn threw me out for questioning his uh, sanity. Or John uh, Prime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, I've written like 40 sets of liner notes, a couple of chapters in other books. Um most recently, I did the liners for the Tammy Show movie, which is going to come out on DVD through Shout Factory in March. And that's with James Brown and the Stones and the Beach right. Boys and all that you stuff. You 13, you saw it? Yeah, I saw it in, in the theater when I was 13. And uh, it's never been on video, legally. And the Beach Boys segment was cut out after the theatrical showings. And mm-hmm. so we restored that. And uh, it's going to be fucking great, you know. Uh, What's it called? The Tammy Show. Well, uh-huh. T-A-M-I. That's a great thing. What I was getting at, though, do you read uh, contemporary rock writers? Yeah, I try to read everybody. I mean, there are people that are that are good, and people that I don't. I sit there and go, you know, when you say it sounds like a cross between X band I've never heard of and Y band I've never heard of, that doesn't really help me much. Um, I I hesitate to say what I think about most of the writers of past or present because, I mean, you're kind. Yeah, you know, I mean, what I always try to do is give people a sense of what the music sounded like, yeah. you know, and um, whether it's by, by, by the choice of the words and by the rhythm of the sentence and um, that that kind of thing. Um, I was asked to do a piece that we're going to do, the Rock and Roll High School reissue movie, and they asked me to do 500 words about the Ramones for that, and I turned it in, and then they decided, we're not going to do liner notes on this package. And so, but I, going. I, I wrote, did you write about that? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mentioned that, you <laughs> know, on the stage. 500 words, you know, I just did the whole thing all in caps with a lot of exclamation points and, you know, <laughs> okay. it's, it's just, like it, Henry's old diaries, you know, and it's just wham, 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 wham. Cause I wanted to get that feel sure, of, sure. Of, of, of like what it was about. And, and so, and I think you, you, you need to tell people what it sounds like. You need to say, where does this fit in historically? And where does it fit into today? Um, I'm not big on 
writing about lyrics, I have a dream. It's a small one. It's not like Dr. Martin Luther King or anything, but I have a dream that all pop music would be instrumental for one whole year. And then we could see who could really write about music. Because all these people write about the lyrics, they write about the trousers, the haircuts, you know, they write about everything but the fucking music. You know what I mean? And, you know, mostly when you hear, you driving down the street and you hear the you know, something in your car, you don't necessarily hear the lyrics that clearly. and you It's kind hard of, to tell what he's wearing. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and oh, oh, these people aren't hip because they don't look right, you know, and I'll show, you know, video was the worst thing for music because it makes everybody think of when you hear that song, there's just this one interpretation of it. Can you imagine how bad the video for Gimme Shelter might have been? You know, I mean... You know, how painfully literal, you know, I mean, you know, because when you hear that, you don't hear that. And, yeah, yeah. And even, so that's your advice to rock right. Yeah, you know, and I... And, practicers or new people coming on to rock right, write about the music. Yeah, you know, that, that that's my take on it. I mean, I, you know, I make a living I writing a, a, about a lot of different kinds of music. I mean, um, you know, old music, new music. Hey, it's all new music if you never heard it before. It doesn't matter oh, yeah, when it was made. Yeah. The you know, only thing new is you. Yeah. Out about it. Right. Exactly. You know, and 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 so you know, it could be it could be vintage funk stuff. You know, it could be anything. You know, it could be music from around the world. You know, I mean, um, I, you're saying I'm bored. I mean, shit, I ain't been bored, and I don't know. 50 years, you know, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's always a new vein to hit, you know, you're just not trying hard enough, you know, you're not looking hard enough, yeah. you know, um, I'm not one of these people that says, oh, it was all great back then, you know, bullshit, I mean, you know, it's great now, you know, you know, there's all these things that are happening now, and there's all the old shit you can go get if you want. That's you, great, great, you, and you know, your spirit is live, and it's been a very big honor to have you on the watch from Peter's yeah. show, brother Matt. Very cool. Oh, it's, it was great to be here, man. It's a fucking... We didn't get to meet uh... Tiff and Daryl. They're on international travels. They got pit stop in Pedro. No, it's a, it's a great honor to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming yeah, nice we're, we're, we're not worthy, man. Yeah, we're not worthy. Um. It's uh, January 31st, 2010. Edition of the Watt from Pedro show. Keep your powder dry.